The admonition of St. Paul to the Philippians seems rather clear. Do not conduct yourselves as enemies of the cross of Christ. We cannot afford to look at the cross from a distance or to keep it at arm's length. We cannot afford to be embarrassed by it, seeing it as a tree of defeat, shame, or as an obstacle to faith and to life. Rather, we are called to lovingly embrace the cross of Christ and to gaze upon it and upon him who for our sake was crucified, suffered, and died upon it. We are called to glory in it, finding in it our hope and our life, to pattern our lives on it, and to live in its shadow, clinging to its teaching and to its invitation. The cross is the means of Christ's paschal mystery, that is, of his suffering, death, and resurrection, and it is our salvation and our redemption. After Jesus had told the disciples of his approaching death, he manifested his glory to them on the holy mountain to show by the te teaching and the testimony of the law and the prophets that the passion leads to and breaks forth into the glory of the resurrection. The theophany of the transfiguration of Christ follows immediately upon and is in context of St. Peter's profession of faith in Jesus as the Son of the living God. This profession of faith occurred on the Jewish festival of Yom HaKippon, the great day of atonement, which was the one time each year during the great penitential liturgy when the high priest solemnly pronounced the unutterable name of God in the temple's Holy of Holies. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up the mountain by themselves to pray. These three we will soon see again as they accompany Jesus on the Mount of Olives during his agony in the garden. As it does throughout biblical literature, the mountain serves today as the locus of God's particular intimacy and his closeness, his presence, and his revelation. The imagery of the mountain in today's gospel easily brings to mind Mount Sinai, Mount Horab, and Mount Moriah, places of God's divine revelation, as well as of the Temple Mount itself in Jerusalem, the place of divine liturgy and of God's abiding presence. Moses and Elijah received God's revelation on the mountain, and now, on the mountain, they are conversing with God's only begotten Son, who is the revelation of God in the flesh. At the presentation of Jesus in the temple, 
as but a babe in his mother's arms, the prophet Simeon spoke of Jesus as a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. St. Luke, in his detail, is the only one of the evangelists to mention the purpose of Jesus in ascending the mountain with his disciples, to pray. And as he prayed, we are told, the appearance of his face was changed and altered and his clothing became dazzling white. In his book, Jesus of Nazareth, Pope Benedict writes that the transfiguration of the Lord is a prayer event, showing visibly and vividly what happens to Jesus when he speaks with his heavenly Father. Similar to the experience of Moses on Mount Sinai and at the tent of meeting, while conversing with God, the face of Moses became radiant to the point of needing to be covered when he spoke with the people, so brightly and brilliantly did it glow and radiate the light and the presence of God himself. Moses and Elijah, witnesses of the passion of Christ, are speaking with Jesus, just as the risen Lord will soon do, explaining the scriptures to Cleopas and his companion on the road to Emmaus on that great and joy-filled day of the resurrection. Here on the mountain in prayer, the law and the prophets are speaking of Jesus. Indeed, they are speaking with Jesus. Their topic of conversation, the Holy Father tells us, is the cross and Christ's upcoming entrance into glory through his exodus, which he will soon accomplish in Jerusalem on Mount Calvary. A cloud, the sign of presence of God himself, overshadowed them on the mountain. Recall the cloud at the baptism of Jesus at the Jordan, and during the exodus from Egypt, when God led his people Israel by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Recall also the cloud which descended and hovered upon the tent of meeting, indicating that God was present with Moses when God and Moses met face to face and spoke together. This, a prefigurement of the Holy of Holies in the temple, of God's abiding presence in the midst of his people. From the cloud, the voice of God speaks to the apostles with the declaration of Jesus' divine sonship and the admonition to listen to him. Listen to him was likewise said by God of Moses, who received the Torah, God's teaching word and revelation. Jesus is the divine revelation of God. He is the word of God. Jesus is the Torah, the law. Listen to him, the complete word of God. Peter, James, and John realized this 
at the transfiguration on the mountain. Yet, as they accompany Jesus back down the mountain, they must learn ever anew to listen to him. Through these holy, grace-filled, and life-giving days of Lent, may we, like Peter, James, and John, learn ever anew to listen to Jesus, to follow where he bids us, and to grow into the full depth of the mystery of Christ and his cross.